Hi, pals. Welcome to Leaders Learning, a podcast of conversations with great leaders. I'm Blaine Hill, the host. About halfway through 2020, I wanted to hear from really strong leaders about how they are leading in the many challenges of the year. This podcast is a result of those conversations. I have something to ask of you. Would you please share this podcast with someone else? Subscribe to it, maybe give it a review on iTunes. Five stars, please, and thank you. Today's guest is the Reverend Dr. Alice Ridgell. She currently serves as the Associate General Presbyter in Charlotte Presbytery and is a chaplain in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. She was the founding pastor of New Faith, the only African-American congregation of the Presbyterian Church USA in Greenwood County, South Carolina. Oh yeah, Alice is also an amazing preacher and speaker. She is going to share with us examples of the resiliency and creativity of the church. She's also going to demonstrate how to find ways to care for others as an act of leadership. Please check out her full biography on leaderslearning.net. I am so glad to welcome the Reverend Dr. Captain Alice Ridgell to Leaders Learning. Welcome, Alice. Twenty twenty has a lot of surprises. Have you been particularly surprised by anything in the church? I've been pleasantly surprised by two things, actually. I've been surprised by one, the resiliency uh, of the church, and two, by the creativity uh, of the church. I'll, let me talk about the uh, resiliency first. I have um, just been so pleasantly pleased with the fact that. Although back in March, we had to stop coming together, stop gathering in person, uh, which was a tough decision in and of itself. But when we finally realized, our churches finally realized that this in-person thing is not going to work right now, the resiliency that came out of that was just amazing in that people who had never, or churches, I should say, who had never streamed their services or had any type of online or virtual presence, just started, you know, started saying, hey, we have to do this. And where there was resistance to it before, all of a sudden it's like, okay, we, we have to do this to survive. And so that resiliency piece has been, been really good in terms of people having to get new equipment um, in some cases, um, having to adapt to new technologies, but making the decision that this is something we have to do. And then not only that piece of it, Blaine, but then the outdoor worship piece or the parking lot services that some churches went to as well. Uh, so, so some churches went to, hey, we can't, if we can't go inside the church, we can still come to it and we'll sit in the parking lot, uh, and we'll have worship. So that, that's been amazing to me, just how the church has decided or churches have decided we are not going to not worship God. We are going to find a way to, to, to worship God as a community of believers. So that's been great. And then the second part of that is the creativity piece. So just doing things differently, um, having to be creative in, in, in the approach, you know, that, that, that churches are taking now. It's, it's just been amazing to see what people have done. Uh, it, it give, let me give you an example. For example, when it comes to virtual worship, sometimes preachers are, I've seen preachers who are now being very creative with the sermon. For example, the sermon is not necessarily let's find a text or let's pick a scripture and preach 20 minutes you know, from that particular scripture. But now people are going to things like having uh, members of the church or, or the community answer a question about a text or have some type of theme. And, and they're bringing other people in to be a, a part of the actual sermon. 
in that moment. And it, it's just amazing what people are doing to present the gospel in a new and fresh and creative way. So that that has been just a, two things that have pleasantly surprised me in this season. Yes, I've seen a lot of that, some of it in myself, but by and large in the, the broader church as well. It's interesting having to do things in a new way maybe has also spurred the creativity you're talking about. Whereas in the past, we'd be hesitant to have someone answer a question or offer their point of view. And in part, because you have to get them up there to talk about it. There's a, you can, you have another means by which to communicate and, and to utilize. And so we communicate differently. That's really insightful. One of the things I have really struggled with uh, this year is the fact that we have had a bunch of large social upheavals. We've already talked to, uh, or alluded to COVID, but we've also had police injustice brought to light, social protests, civil unrest, and some very powerful political divisions as well, all at the same time. feels like a decade's worth of stuff in about six months to me, to tell you the truth. And I wonder what you have seen or learned about leading in the church with combined challenges at hand. You know, 2020 has been a... Uh a doozy, if I can use that word. It has definitely been a year that none of us, I, I don't think any of us, you could have paid anybody to believe that we would be where we are right now. But um, any one of the issues you just mentioned would have been in and of themselves a, a difficult challenge, but to have them all happening kind of sort of at once has been very, very challenging. But I would say this, Leading in a time like this, when you're at a place where so many things are coming all at one time, I found that it's that you have to be intentional about staying grounded, be intentional about being grounded through it all. And as a leader, trying to be a non-anxious presence as much as possible. Of course, as leaders, we deal with our own anxieties, our own struggles. But when we are leading, being that non-anxious presence for people who are also dealing with anxiety and, and worry and other things like that. It's so important and key and crucial, I think, Blade, to, to project that non-anxious presence for people. And I found too that where the pain is or where there is pain, offer a pastoral presence. Uh, and right now that, that a lot of times has to be virtual or a phone call or something of that nature, but where there is pain, offer a pastoral presence. And if I might give just a, practical example of that. Uh, when the situation occurred with George Floyd back in May, May 25th, uh, being a black man who was who was killed, one of the things that I immediately did is I had a Zoom call with, I uh, reached out to the African-American clergy uh, in within the presbytery and particularly gave the African-American men a space, just a space, uh, a space to, to be, to share, to to uh, to have a safe place. So where there's pain, uh, awful of pastoral presence. And that that just means so much to people. And it, it goes such a long way in helping people to, to cope and to deal with the things that are that are happening and, and going on. So um, finding ways to unite people as much as possible, because as 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 we know, we are in a very polarized and divided time. So anytime we as leaders can find a way to unite people, around anything, anything common, any common ground we can find is good right now in terms of, of uniting people. So those are some of the things that I that I think are, are crucial for leaders in a particularly in an unprecedented time like this. Thank you. That's so very insightful. And I very much appreciate the practical approach and, and example that you gave there. 
What have you learned this year that is especially new or maybe the opposite? What has been so profoundly confirmed for you? I, I love the question. I love this question. And I'm going to take the second part of that. Um, what have I seen that has been just the organism, the body of Christ, the living expression of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It still went on. It didn't stop late just because the doors were closed. It didn't stop. It did not stop anything that the church, the body of Christ that, that we were doing. And um, that has just been such a tremendous blessing uh, for me personally. And I think for, for a lot of people to realize we love our sanctuaries, we love our church buildings and our property and our facilities. We love and we're grateful for them. Thank God for them. We can still be the body of Christ. We can still uh, worship our God. We can still serve. We can still be in the community helping and serving and doing mission, um, maybe in a different way, but still doing it. So that the, the confirmation of the fact that we are the hands and the feet of, uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has just been wonderful. And that has just been a blessing, I think, for a lot of people. And I know for me, especially. You mentioned having to do things in a different way. And so I wanted to ask you, what are some of the biggest shifts that you have noticed the church in general, but particularly leaders of the church and that could be pastors or elders? What are the changes leaders in the church have had to make? Well, Blaine, I touched on it earlier and, and I keep, you know, I go right back to it. But the biggest thing I've seen is, is that shift to having to do virtual, you know, to go online and to, and to go to virtual virtual worship. Uh, but not only that, here's another thing. Uh, the online giving piece has been very interesting to me because uh, it was amazing to me how many churches did not have an online giving option for their congregations prior to COVID-19. And uh, once the pandemic hit, uh, a lot of churches immediately uh, had to go to online giving options. And where there's, there was resistance before, all of a sudden it was like, well, that's OK, we we uh we 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 need to do this and so that that's been another shift and and the truth be told there have been times when uh some of us may have been guilty of criticizing uh tv evangelists or those who would you know get on tv and say hey send in your your tithes your offerings support the ministry we may have been i'm not pointing fingers but we may have been a bit critical of that and now it's like okay we see that this really is important. So that's been a shift, too, in terms of how we receive uh, tithes and offerings. Now, obviously, we can't pass. We cannot pass an offering plate. But we know it's important uh, not only uh, for churches to receive tithes and offerings, but it's also important for, for the people of God to still be able to support and to and to worship God through, through giving. So that has been um, that has been quite an interesting uh, shift, uh, Blaine. And I love the, the connection you make to some people who, one of whom may be on this a Zoom call, have occasionally criticized methods that we've adopted and have had to be a little humble about it. Yeah. Um, probably good for us. You may have noticed that change is hard <laughs> in your church <laughs> ministry. What do you think has helped churches, leaders to make those shifts and, and what is still hard to overcome? Well, again, I think change is, is a little bit easier when you have no choice but to change. So, so that, that has made change easier in this, in this, uh, in this COVID-19 time that we are in. And quite frankly, Blaine, I am not 
playing down COVID-19 and the pandemic, it is awful, it is horrible. It is not something that any of us want to, to have to deal with or go through, it's horrible. But at the same time, it has really provided an opportunity for, for churches and to do things that perhaps some wanted to do before, but what we're getting pushed back in opposition from others. And so this this time of, of necessity has really given people an opportunity to say, listen, uh, we may not survive if we don't change. And when when it's when the option is surviving or changing as opposed to, well, I really don't want to change when the option is if you don't change or if we don't change, we may not survive this. I think it opens up such a great opportunity to try new things and to, and to do new things. So. Change is easier when it when it when you have no choice. Yes, I think that's very true. You offered a great practical uh, action point earlier when you set up a Zoom call where you're shepherding you know, Charlotte Presbytery. Do you have other practical suggestions you might make to church leaders? You a- absolutely. Um, in this time, particularly, it is imperative that church leaders stay connected to uh, to congregation. Members, it's important to be connected to the people and to help the people to stay connected to each other. So worship is great. And I think worship is, is something that we have to have to do. That's a piece of it. But in addition to worship and maybe Bible studies and things of that nature, um, there are other creative ways to help people stay connected. Here's a here's an example. One of our churches here in Charlotte Presbytery. Uh, from time to time, we'll do a family Zoom uh, game night, and they'll actually do games via Zoom. Now, how it works, I cannot give you the particulars, but they will actually have a game time when when people can get on Zoom and whatever game they decide to play or to do, they do it together uh, as a church family or as families, but it's done virtually uh, on Zooms. But that's still that connection piece, which is so important. Now, people are just feeling so isolated, so anxious, and uh, having that opportunity to connect in ways outside of worship, outside of a Bible study, to do something fun, something engaging to keep people connected, I think is uh, is very important right now. And then another thing for, for church leaders right now, it's important to show the people that we lead or the people that, that we serve, show them as much care and concern and love as possible. That can be a call ministry as simple as, as, you know, having people call, speak up the phone and call. Hey, I don't want anything. I'm just checking on you. Just wanted you to know that our church is thinking about you. So it could be a call ministry, a card ministry. I know it's kind of old fashioned in some circles to actually send cards now because it's easier to maybe send a text or an email. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, card ministry is, is a great practical way of staying in touch with uh, people. I, you know, I, maybe I'm old fashioned. I don't know, Blaine. I love text. I love emails. I love phone calls. But if I get a handwritten note from somebody or a card that says, hey, just wanted to brighten up your day, it just has a, a different effect. So uh, if that is possible within the context of a ministry, a great card ministry would, would be um, good. And then here's another thing I've seen ch- some church leaders do. And again, it depends on context. Every church can't obviously do every type of of thing. It depends on the size of the church and other things. But another thing people are doing is whole drive through or drive by ministry. For example, in some of the smaller churches with smaller membership, 
uh, pastors are actually driving to the houses of their members, not necessarily getting out of the car, not necessarily, uh, you know, interacting on that level, but driving up and saying, hey, I just came by to say hello or whatever the conversation may be. It's socially distanced, but there's that ministry of presence there. And so some leaders are doing that to stay connected with, uh, with church members, particularly um, uh, members who may not have family or, or may be more isolated than others. So that's something that people are doing as well. It's important also, Blaine, it's important also for, for leaders to take care of themselves. Self-care in this season is so critical. Self-care has always been crucial for church leaders. We know that. But in this season, we all as leaders, pastors, mid-council leaders, whoever, it is so important that we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of those we are leading. So I would definitely say take care of yourself and realize that seminary did not prepare any of us for this. Now, now Blaine, I don't know about you. Maybe you took a pandemic one-on-one course in seminary, but they didn't offer it when I was coming through. No. So <laughs> there was no Nobody pandemic course. <laughs> no elective, no required courses on pastoring or leading in a pandemic. So be kind. You know, leaders, let's just be kind to yourselves and, and, and realize that nobody was prepared for this. So we're taking one day at a time. We're trying to learn from each other. A lot of it is learning by trial and error, but be kind to yourself. Practice great self-care so that um, so that we can have imagination, energy and creativity and all those things we need in order to serve the people that God has placed in our care. Those are great words, great words for uh, to remind us uh, in church leaders of all kind, leaders yeah. in general. In fact, whether we're leading in the church or a business, wherever God has placed us. Absolutely. God has placed you in a particular spot where you are leading uh, other pastors, and you've touched base on that with the phone call you set up uh, with African-American ministers uh, after George Floyd was killed. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's anything you notice about the connection of pastors and churches uh, and in, in your presbytery or just presbyteries in general, particularly in this year. Well, one of the things here in Charlotte Presbytery that we are really emphasizing that not only during COVID-19, but even pre-COVID-19, probably more so now, is that connectional piece. As as the Presbyterian churches say, obviously we are a connectional church, but but the connections between pastors and congregations, it's so crucial and important. So whereas there may have been a time when a congregation would call Presbytery and say, hey, Presbytery, we're, we need to uh, do such and such. Can you help us? We're trying to the model now where it's not a top down model, but a, a bottom up model or a peer model. So what we're trying to do uh, here in Charlotte Presbytery is to connect pastors and churches and and leaders of, of churches to each other. Because what we found is a lot of times people are dealing with the same things or wanting to do the same types of things. And when you can connect those people together around a shared passion or shared mission or ministry, it's just an amazing uh, thing. And so we're really emphasizing those relationships between congregations and helping them come together to do ministry and to share knowledge. What what has worked in your congregation? What hasn't worked? Uh, what what you know, what resources are you using? What resources can you share with us? So trying to connect people and, and share those resources has been 
uh, a blessing for us. And, and I think it's been a blessing for the congregations and the pastors as well to help people understand you don't have, you're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to do it alone. Uh, let's connect, let's share ideas and let's move forward together. So that's that's one of the things we are um, definitely trying to do in, in Charlotte Presbyterian is connect the congregations and connect people to each other to do the work of ministry. That's wonderful. I'm really glad to hear that. It's very it's in normal times of long ago. It was easy for church leaders to become isolated. And I, I think the the difficulty of that is only only increased unless unless we take great care. Absolutely. And I was going to say the the great thing about Zoom is that, you know, you can get people together from geographically separated places. Whereas before, Blaine, a lot of times we say, okay, we're having a meeting on this day, this time, this place. And some people would come because it's a convenient time, day, place. Uh, But then there are others who were not able to be a part of it because of distance or having um, you know, having to drive a long way. But this whole Zoom uh, thing has been a blessing in that it has allowed people from one end of the presbytery to the other end of the presbytery to come together without leaving their house. And they love it. It's, it's yeah. been a good thing. So that that piece has been very helpful in connecting people as well. I wanted to add that to it as well. Uh, you hear a lot of people saying now, oh, I have so many Zooms. I'm Zoomed out. But Zoom has been a tremendous blessing. And not only Zoom, there are other platforms as well. So I'm not uh, obviously just uh, talking about Zoom, but just the, the virtual platform to connect people has been a blessing. It really has. I've, I've really experienced that at, on Presbytery Commission and committee meetings as well. We're going to try a virtual Presbytery meeting in August. That will be interesting. Good. We we did one back in May our, as our first time trying a virtual. And it, it was amazing. It really was. So. I pray all will go well, as I'm sure it will for you all as well. Thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you join me next time. If you know someone I should speak with on the Leaders Learning Podcast, send me an email to leaderslearning2020 at gmail.com. You can catch up on all of our conversations at our website, leaderslearning.net. God bless and hope to see you soon one way or another.